Welcome to episode 162 of In Touch with iOS, a podcast that talks about iPhone, iPad, Apple Watch, Apple TV, and related technologies. I am your host, Dave Ginsburg, and uh, Warren Sklar is off this week, but I uh, can't have a better uh, guest this week than Mr. Chuck Joyner back on the show. How are you doing, Chuck? I'm doing great, Dave, but who gave Warren the week off? I, that's I wondered myself, but uh, <laughs> he's at the beach house, so he's uh, he's having fun this week, so... Uh, he he uh, has got his family, but uh, that's okay. We'll, we'll miss him, but uh, he'll be back next week. But uh, but that doesn't mean things slow down with news and everything else that's been going on this week for Apple. Uh, it's been pretty active, but uh, we're going to hit uh, some of the news this week. And uh, towards the end of the show, we're actually, Chuck and I are going to talk about all the Apple products that we have, at least in the iOS world, uh, and maybe one or two things that we like of those. We'll be hitting that. And uh, plenty of news, plenty of topics, but uh, let's just dive right into this and uh, see what's happening this week. Um, first story, this is in Mac Rumors. Uh, Apple begins selling refurbished 8th gen iPads starting at 279 Apple began uh, selling uh, these refurbished 8th gen iPad models through its online store in the U.S. Uh, first time since the device was released last year. And as usual, it's the refurbished models and the discounts probably about 15%. Uh, from the 329 price brings it down to 279 and uh, of course they're certified so you don't have to worry that uh, the, there's anything wrong with them they're going to give you a full warranty and then of course you can also buy apple care on them too which is you know 69 bucks for for an ipad not too shabby um it's good to see that apple does this stuff um and and if someone wants a nice entry-level ipad this ipad's you know pretty gosh darn good don't you think chuck I, I do. I mean, I, it's unfortunate that because now it makes me want to go and buy one just because. <laughs> just have one. It's such a good deal. You know, yeah. well, it's such a good deal. It is. Um, you know, because yeah. you, you're right. I've, I've bought a ton of, of refurbished things yeah, uh, for, and, and, and never, never, not once have I ever had a problem with, with any of them to any significant degree. And half the time, you know, you wouldn't even know that these are refurbished. Right. Um, oh, you know, the, 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 the packaging might be a little different, but beyond that, it's just like buying a brand new uh, device. Yeah, exactly. And uh, I've bought Macs that way. I've bought, uh, I actually, I think I have bought a refurb I had at one point. Uh, never did an iPhone, um, but I've uh, but I've had the, many of the other products. And uh, yeah, you can't beat it. And, and to have it certified, just like brand new, and, I mean, and you get a nice uh, little discount, yeah, you really can't beat it. So uh, go out there. Grab one. I mean, there's, I, I'm sure Apple's got a pretty good amount of stock of them uh, that uh, that has been coming through. Uh, but you know, better get out there quick because uh, sometimes it uh, it does uh, the products do run out soon. So um, next story. This was in uh, Mac Rooms as well. Free ad-supported IMDb TV streaming services launching as a standalone mobile app. IMDb has released its standalone iPhone and iPad app for its free ad-supported TV uh, service. Uh, meaning now users can look at access of its video offerings and no longer need go searching for it in the standard IMDb app. Uh, they offer a free range of, uh, of popish shows and movies and all kinds of stuff on here. Uh, it is an Amazon subsidiary, and I always found it to be a challenge to be able to watch this without having uh, uh, either Prime, going through Prime Prime Video or using a Fire TV for that matter. So this is great that uh, you'll be able to access this, this, this content. And I'm telling you, uh, streaming services are just, they're just going crazy, going like gangbusters. There's so many of them out there. Uh, but there's some, there are probably some decent decent contact on here. I don't know if you've ever have you ever watched any shows on this uh, network, uh, Chuck. 
I, well, let's put it this way, David. I'm not sure. I don't think so. I've seen the ads pop up for different shows on yeah. it, and and I'm not I can't, I can't say yes or no that I've ever actually gone. Um, you know, this this kind of thing surprises me just a little bit mm-hmm. that we haven't seen just a little more of this. Uh, you know, the the streaming service is figuring out a way to just put their their streaming service not just in Amazon Fire or you right. know, Google or whatever, but that you know, as an alternative, if I just want to watch this, you know, then why why not just give me an app where that's all I I get um, to simplify things? So, I you know, will this be a bellwether? I don't know, but I would honestly, I'd kind of like to see it be a bellwether because I think that that it could be it could be an avenue toward maybe making some of these one one shot things a whole lot more affordable. Than yeah. having to sign up for the big packages, exactly. And then you got services like Pluto TV and and similar services like that, where they incorporate a lot of those services in in a one stop shop type of thing. I don't. It all depends on the, you know what what type of agreement they write they they sign you know, with the particular uh, play. But I, I've always found that because sometimes IMDb's the TV uh, network does have some really good shows I'd like to watch from time to time, and it's free, which is even better. Uh, and um, it, it, uh, well, I don't want to be diving, through, diving through, uh, making dives here to go try to find it. Has always been a challenge. So this is good news. I'm glad it's, yeah. uh, I'm glad it's uh, coming out here. So, um, yeah. And uh, next story here is uh, strange this week. Um, th- this, uh, you know, with with iOS 14, uh, 15 coming out very soon here. This is a Mac rumors. Uh, this was posted a couple of days ago as we record this. Um, Apple appears to be watching uh, launching iOS 14.8. Hmm? Uh, Apple does uh, appear to be pl- planning to release at least one more update to iOS 14 ahead of the launch of iOS 15. It was some code that was actually spotted in Xcode. Um, and there are mentions of the release in, in Xcode along with a mention of iOS 14.8, which suggests that uh, the new update may be coming in the near future or even ahead or alongside iOS 15. Which makes sense, I think, uh, because there are going to be devices that are going to be at the end of the road. Uh, I'm thinking the 6S uh, in the iPhone line, uh, some of the lower end ones uh, for for iOS 15. But I'm kind of surprised. I don't don't know about you about this, Chuck. Um, Yeah, I I think actually this is a good thing because it shows that Apple is going to be doing support for some of the the, the non-current operating systems, which they've done for a while. But the fact that this may be the case, and I, I mean iOS 15. You know that's we're. I haven't run the betas, but there's certainly going to be a lot of changes in it. And right. so, if I decide not to be one of the people that falls on the sword at, at first, and and maybe that's not an apt analogy anymore mm-hmm. since there have been so many betas and they've been so widely distributed. Right. But just the idea that okay, if I'm running iOS 14 and I don't want to be a, an early adopter of 15 when it actually is officially released, I can feel comfortable that I, I'm, I'm going to assume that these are minor bug fixes and security updates. That may or may not be true because we haven't seen either one. But um, yeah, this just this is a good thing as far as I'm concerned. Yeah, no, I'm glad it's uh, I'm, I'm glad it's uh, uh, it's going to stay current. And they they've done, and they've also done it with uh, iOS 12 and iOS 13 for depending on the pro, the the 
you know, ones before that, you know, you've got devices that can't go past iOS 12, so 12.5, whatever it is now, uh, is out there still. And, and that, 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 you know, kudos to Apple to continue to, to you know, unlike Android, where you're you're at end of the line with uh, an Android device, uh, where at least Apple is, is nice, smart and there are people who want to keep hold on to their older devices, and you know, I and mean, obviously sooner or later you're going to have to think about moving moving on because apps are going to start becoming incompatible. But uh, but yeah, no, this is good news. So be on the lookout for it. It hadn't got a lot of press, so that I was I think it was kind of a strange thing to find, and you don't see too much discussion of it. So, but uh, hopefully it comes out uh, next week, and maybe it's got some fixes that uh, we aren't aware of in iOS 14 anyway. So so um, and. Um, this topic I found was to be a little interesting here. Uh, this is in Mac Rumors. Uh, new U.S. Uh, antitrust bill would require Apple and Google to allow third-party app stores and sideloading. This is a new bipartisan antitrust legislation that targets, targets both Apple's App Store and Google Play Store. And it was introduced uh, uh, today, this week. Actually, this was yesterday as we record this. Uh, from U.S. Senators Richard Blumenthal, Marsha Blackburn, and Amy Kubachar, and the Open Markets App Act is supposed to be meant to have free, clear, and enforceable rules that protect competition and strengthen consumer protection. And again, we're dealing with senators here. Do they have a lot of knowledge of this? Which you, you kind of have to question, in my opinion. Um, and you know, there was there was some stuff here, statement of what the legislation is really doing, um, but. Do we, is it a good thing to, to force, you know, specifically to us, Apple, to uh, to have App Store be open? I mean, this has been a discussion for a while. Uh, what do you think, Chuck? Okay, this is this is definitely going to be interesting. I've I've, I've got to leave now and go take my blood pressure medicine. <laughs> I'm, um, I'm with you too. It's just th- this just drives me crazy because I think it absolutely shows it, it, it demonstrates just how much these legislators and and these three in particular just don't understand what they're talking about and what they're asking for. And I mean, I, I, I absolutely detest both of these, the side loading thing, just, it just completely makes me crazy. It is. You know, because that, that's a, that's a security, you know, a security issue. Um, The third party app stores, uh, you know, I, I, I don't understand what they, I mean, part of me says, I, I I don't wish hacking on anybody, but I almost wish somebody would hack these three and give them a taste of what it's like to be hacked. Maybe <laughs> yeah. they would then, you know, and, and that's that's a dangerous statement to make, but I just made it because, you know, having having lost some things and having been hacked to this much or a very small degree, right. um, you, you know, I, I know how much hassle it can be i know much how how much time it sucks up to try to undo the damage and for for them to be advocating this you just know that there are out you know there are hackers out there just wringing their hands you know in the very best dr evil kind of uh kind of imitation saying i can't wait i I, I just (laughs) I, i just somebody please get these three and 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 then take some of their friends with them and explain Objectively, you know why this is a bad idea. Yeah, we have a very very political th- discussion as far as this topic goes. So, uh, don't want to go too down, down down that road. But let's just hope uh, they come to their senses and realize that this this isn't going to happen. But that's what I'm saying. Our legislators are that's they don't know what they're looking at half this time. So you know, I'm I'm, I'm hoping Apple is looking closely at this and you know going to fight this if it if something does come um, to fruition here. So. 
But you know, David, I think you're right. I think it would be easy for one or both of us or anybody out there to to make this a political issue. Yeah. And, as, and as far as I'm concerned, this is not a political issue. This is a technical issue of you know understanding yeah. the implications of the third party app store, understanding the implications of sideloading, and then deciding, is this something that you want to open folks up to? You know, and, and forget which side of the aisle you sit on. Um, you know, that uh, again, that's that's my concern that people will look at this and from one party or the other and say, you know, well, my party supports it. So, yeah, go my party and wipe that out. Stop that. You know, just take you take those hats off yeah. and look at the objective aspects of this and then make your decision. Absolutely. So we'll see what happens. It's uh this has been an ongoing topic for a while, even when, the, when we were just talking about just the sideloading question, whether that's a secure thing to do or not. So let's we'll see what happens. Um, and last story this week, uh, this is on Apple World Today. Our friend Dennis Sellers uh, app, uh, wrote this. Uh, Apple TV Plus has highest average engagement per video. Uh, with the streaming explosion, which has hit its apex, of course, during the, the COVID lock, lockdowns uh, in the second quarter, uh, uh, it is here to stay when, with, a new, with new data from uh, Coviva uh, and Intelligence Cloud uh, streaming media. And it's, he says it's kind of good news for Apple TV+. Plus. Uh, they're saying the state of the streaming uh, report uh, reveals a, a streaming view time worldwide grew 13% in 2021 in the quarter, quarter two compared to quarter in 2021, uh, despite a 7% decline. Uh, and viewing in uh, in April in North America, they still saw a two percent increase uh, over there over all this. So, a lot of social video uh, and engagements on Apple TV Plus. Uh, you're seeing a lot of new shows, which is which makes it exciting. Um, and I don't know about the ads. I don't see too many ads in Apple TV Plus, but uh, but one big thing is the connected devices. And, and what's at what Apple TV Plus is really uh, and Apple's been smart with is the fact with being on smart TVs being on. Almost all of the on Roku on uh, um, and, and and I believe it's on Fire TV, uh, but uh, and other devices that you can watch and consume um, and and the, and the, the shows are of really good quality. Of course, we love Ted Lasso, but uh, there's a lot of other great shows they're offering as well. So, what do you think? I think this is uh, this is some good news. I think this is real good news, and I. I'm not quite sure, and feel free to disagree with me on on this, but I feel like for some reason that the Apple TV shows are a lot more of an intentional watch, that you have to go to Apple TV to see the Apple TV shows. Yeah, I know that's kind of obvious, but, you know, it's, it's not like you just happen to stumble across them like you might with some other some other things. And, you know, as a result. I, I just I, th- I think this is really interesting. I think it's really good news because it shows that Apple is achieving its objective, and that objective was you know to deliver quality entertainment, quality programming. That you know if it if it appealed to you, the odds were that it was going to really appeal to you, and that seems to be what has happened here. Yeah, and um, it was interesting. Um, and you're you're always you're. you're uh, always attending the NAB conference, National Association of Broadcasters conference, um, and Apple was kind of rumored to, to be attending it, and then a few days later, they're not attending anymore. Here, I was thinking that they were going to finally uh, be at a, at a venue like that to, to find out more about 
streaming and being part of that that world um and it seems to think i seem to think that apple is really becoming more involved with uh with the video uh, distribution and and dealing with uh buying shows and buying uh movies and and so i think it's it's, it's going to continue i mean this is this is great i think it's a great thing uh, being a media company as well as a computer company and many other th- and many other hats yeah but in typical Apple fashion, it seems like they're doing it on their terms. Right. And and this, you know, it's, it's been debated. Should Apple attend NAB as an exhibitor uh, or, you know, of, of either the tools to create or as a streaming company or not? And the, I, I hate to keep going back to the old days of Macworld when, when Apple left Macworld. But Apple at that point made a, a, a very specific statement that, you know, we see all these people in our stores. You know, we've kind of really don't need to come to a trade show. And I'm starting to wonder if that's what their thinking is here, too, that yeah. they command so much attention. I mean, by anything they do, the good, good, bad, or indifferent, they command so much attention. Do they really need to go and spend the money and, and have the presence when people seem to be beating down their doors um, to to be involved with Apple? So I, I don't know. I mean, I'm not strictly in that part of that business. Sure. But I, I, I've, I just tried to look at it from a from a little different perspective. Do they really need to be there? And, and, and look, let's face it, they will be there. I mean, yeah, there's no way that, that there won't be representatives somewhere at NEB. Oh, absolutely. So, you know, because it, it just... It's it's the market. It's it's you know they get getting more knowledge about it, and you know you're going to have some a lot of active people in the industry. That and Apple's more active than ever before with this. So definitely going to be interesting. Let's uh, I guess we let's hope we continue to hope and look and enjoy for what they're offering so far. Um, all right, let's move on to the topics this week. Um, beta uh, iOS 15 uh, beta five is out this week. Um, and there has there has been some changes uh, that as uh, they, uh, they continue to come out. You have beta five in the developers, and you have beta five uh, with the public beta. So if those of you who decide to want to be uh, a public beta tester, you can do that as well. On I don't ever recommend, unlike Warren, um, to uh, be putting it on a device that uh, is your primary driver. I don't. Um, I use it on a on a extra iPhone I have and an extra iPad I have. Older devices, but they're still supporting iOS 15, which is awesome. So don't do that. So uh, got a link here from from Mac Rumors. They're always great at covering uh, this and just kind of give us a little bit of an insight so far what's been going on. A lot of cosmetic changes, it looks like, like the, the weather the weather icon looks just kind of just a smidge different from color, which I mean, you're really getting down to nitty gritty, silly, silly stuff, honestly, because it, it, do I really care about what the weather icon looks like? Same thing with uh, uh, oh, with Safari. Uh, in Safari, they have a reload icon that they've added, uh, where the address bar has collapsed while it's in the full web page view, and then the reload icon has been removed from the URL URL bar. That's been kind of a, a debate of what uh, has been going on with Safari because of that floating bar. People weren't too, there was a lot, a lot of pushback on that. So uh, not too much in iPad, uh, some home screen setting changes. Uh, the uh, control center camera icon looks a little different. Uh, again, I think that's all they're really finding here is is uh, is the way uh, the way things are looking. So it's a lot of cosmetics. So that's kind of telling me they're getting somewhat closer to for this to be a uh, public release, uh, wouldn't you think? 
this point? I, w- I would think so. Um, but, but some of the things you mentioned are exactly the reasons that I, I have stopped running betas, unless I just have absolutely nothing else to do, yeah. is it feels like you're, you're learning a, a new version of the operating system only to have it change again before it comes out. Um, now, I, I don't run betas you know, for testing purposes like a lot right. of folks do. And the people that run them for testing purposes, yeah, they, they need to run them. But I'm, I'm with you. You know, I think that the, the wisdom here for most people is keep your machines, uh, all, all your devices as stable as you can and don't run betas um, because there are, too, there are too many issues that crop up even after releases. We talk a lot about, you know, maybe waiting until the point one release of anything before doing the update. Right. And instead, everybody else, every, you know, so many people seem to advocate uh, you know, well, forget the forget the point one release, forget the point oh release. You know, let's jump into the betas, <laughs> and ah, uh, you know, it's you're going the wrong direction, guys. Yeah. Uh, unless you have a business, a real need, or n- just plenty of time on your hands, or as you said, David, a spare machine, then play all you want. But absolutely, that, that's what I do, and when I can, when I have a chance. But th- this this is my iPhone that has iOS 15 on it that I'm using as a camera, so. And it's it hasn't crashed on me, so I guess I'm okay. So, but uh, it's uh, it, it's definitely interesting. Believe me, we'll we'll be talking about a, a lot of the things that iOS 15 is going to have to offer because there's going to be so much discussion about it here soon enough. So, but we just like to uh, each week we talk about the beta. Just want to let, let you know what's out there. Um, the uh, they also seeded uh, for TVOS for for Apple TV, and they also seeded. Uh, Watch OS, I completely avoid Watch OS. Even if I had a spare uh, watch, I probably wouldn't even install it because it's just because the one the one thing with Watch OS, you can't once you install it, you can't go back, and it can you know it can be kind of uh, messy. Um, but they're they're doing some uh, changes there overall. They've done they've, they've overhauled the home app and the workout app, and they're seeing some different uh, different things here. So uh, so definitely can be interesting to see where where things go as we always do. Um, other thing that they I, I also have here noted um, iOS 15 and iPad OS 15 de- the developer tool can now uh, can more heavily prioritize 5G versus Wi-Fi connections um, and I and they they did release that this week uh, that it does prioritize that connection over Wi-Fi connection when an insecure Wi-Fi or Wi-Fi connection is slow so I think that's a great thing uh, if that's going to come uh, true. Uh, 5G devices can run uh, automatically prioritize that. So if your Wi-Fi is weak, then it'll it'll see that and just prioritize it over to 5G. Yeah, I made a comment to you yesterday, uh, the other day on Mac Voices Live, and uh, that uh, I was standing looking at a tower in my in my town, and I said, "Hey, I want to check check the speed because I'm I'm looking at this tower and it's absolutely enormous, and there's so many cells up on on the tower." So I go do a speed test on it i'm getting almost 600 megabit speeds you know on a 5g connection um so 5g is here to stay um i i think that it's just they just need to get it out in a place uh that uh in, in every place around the country and around the world for that matter um because uh, uh, not every town's you know it's a buyer beware yeah i'm not sure what your experiences are with 5g uh, not a lot, just because you know we don't we don't have we have the fake five G here. We don't have the real five G yet. Um, you know, th- this I think is interesting. I hope though that this is something that they will let the user select. Uh, and and I, I don't want to I, I don't want to be the negative guy. 
But the one thing about 5G, it's going to be faster and all that. Do I really want that prioritized, you know, over my Wi-Fi um, if I have a data cap? True. That's going to be the, you know, the, I, I don't I don't want a data cap that I can buzz through, burn through faster, uh, if I, especially if I have a Wi-Fi option. So I, I don't know what an interface like would look like other than just, you know, General prioritize science. this, priori- prioritize that. Um, right. But I, I hope this is something that they let the user select for only for that reason. Otherwise, yeah. you know, it, it, giving people the option to do it would be great so that they can preserve the experience. Yeah, I'm sure it'll be buried in settings like it usually is. It's just like Wi-Fi calling. You know, you turn your Wi-Fi calling on or off to, to help when you have a weak cell connection and you're on Wi-Fi. You want to be able to get calls. Um, that, that it, it prioritizes it that way, too. Um, so... But yeah, but it's a little different. Wi-Fi isn't costing you anything as far as using that bandwidth. Um, well, depending, uh, and then 5G could if you have a bandwidth cap, uh, uh, or you know you have only un- just so much data you have. Uh, these days, a lot of people have unlimited data, um, so it isn't as much of a problem. But there's still plenty out there who don't. So I, I agree with you. Yeah. Yeah, um, well, and that that's always shifting sand. You know that that right now. I mean. Comcast, at least here in my state, I know they had they cut a deal with the uh, with the local with the, the state government um, that they were going to continue unlimited un, unlimited data for a while, as opposed to yeah. some other issues that were going to be imposed on them. Uh, and so, you know, when will that come to an end? And you know, and and that's for Comcast. You know, there are plenty of other providers out there with all kind of different rules and in every terms of service it says yeah we reserve the right to change this at, at any time they do and actually a bandwidth cap is in place here at my home so uh i mean me albeit it's like 1.2 terabytes which i've never rarely come close to it but we've had i know some homes they have and then unfortunately you do have to purchase the the unlimited plan through them so there's another 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 making money making way for Comcast to to, to to get you when if you are a whole household that has a lot of streaming devices. So, uh, but yep, yeah, it's uh, definitely gonna be interesting. Um, other beta thing that was out there was, uh, and you probably don't weren't even aware of this. They they had a first beta about this uh, from the AirPods Pro. Believe it or not, uh, it's a firmware beta that adds a, a conversational boost. Uh, in July, they began providing uh, developers with access to this beta version um, of the firmware to test the features ahead of their release. And even Warren and I had, and Warren actually said, there's no way in heck that I would ever put this on my AirPods. And so I, I said, I said, bravo, Warren, you're not going to put that beta and everything else, not your AirPods. Um, but interesting to see that they're, they're, they're letting developers actually look and see what they can do with AirPods, you know, for future um uh with uh with with this so uh so i put put this article in, in here to check it out don't do it i don't know I don't, I don't, what, what do you think of this but <laughs> i agree i agree it's crazy i do i do not need to run beta software on my airpods thank you very much yeah <laughs> yeah so the, the, just be aware of that that there are some changes coming to the airpods pro we both enjoy our airpods pro and uh and when they work right, and most can, and lately they've been doing pretty good. So at least for me, anyway. Uh, so, um, and another topic here I want to talk about. There, there has been quite a few 
weather-related emergencies going on in the last few weeks here in my town. We've had some tornado touchdowns, not in my general area, but not too far away. Had a power outage as, as we were doing Mac Voices Live on Tuesday, on Tuesday night this past week uh, for me. So, um, so but uh, there... I would like to know. I would like to discuss a little bit about how you receive, especially in the U.S., the government emergency alerts uh, on your iPhone and how to turn them off if you desire. Um, they, uh, I, I have a link to an article in Nine Five Mac here, and uh, them, them talking about the different alerts. There's there's a number of ways where you can actually turn it on or off, um, and. If you in the U.S., if you want to turn on these and test the emergency alert, you can go in and actually dial on your phone. It says star five zero zero five star two five three three seven one pound, and then tap the call button, and and it'll say the tests are enabled, and you'll be able to test your um, emergency alerts. But albeit as that, it's, it's a very simple process to just go into. Uh, manage real-time alerts and that's what kind of bothered me a little bit i don't know about you chuck but you, you go into this uh into the notifications and scroll all the way down to the bottom and then there's a government alerts uh, uh, uh section there where you can turn on or off the amber alerts emergency alerts or public safety alerts now some of those i have turned off because i've i've had them go off at two three in the morning especially an amber alert and i understand how important an amber alert is to you know something got somebody abducted or a child been abducted uh but there's sometimes i just prefer it not be on so i don't know what your thoughts are with the, with this uh with these alerts um a couple things so first of all i one thing i don't know is if do not just if they punch through do not disturb I think they do um, if, because if, I've had it on, if, and then they've had like you know warning of like a severe thunderstorm or something. So okay, I mean I, I think it would make sense that they do. Um, if, if here and and you know we're talking about some of these are federal, but some are local. Right. Um, you know, I, I think at some point, you know, it's it's to your benefit. The one thing I have not seen, I don't feel like that these alerts have been misused. Um, like, you know, I mean, if you go to some news sites and sign up for their alerts, you know, breaking news is that, you know, somebody broke a fingernail. Um, you know, no, <laughs> yeah, that's right. that's that's not breaking news. These are things that, you know, at least for me, I would like to know if there's a tornado coming my way. Oh, of course. Um, yeah. The Amber Alert thing, you know, yeah, I, I agree with you. And, and, you know, we're treading dangerously close to something we're not going to talk about. But, you know, those are the those are kind of things that can be potential life or death situations true so you know i i have mine turned on they have sure i don't like it screaming at me at three in the morning but it, i i definitely am going to roll over and say what's going on and you so mean, yeah. you know the, and, right. and the fact that they've they allow you to turn them off yeah, well, that that's good. It would be real easy for you know some of these, some of the senators that we referenced in an earlier piece here to say, well, no, you can't. We, we want to legislate that you can't turn these alerts off, and so the fact that that we still have the option to turn them off, great. If it really bothers you, or there's a reason that you you know need to have them turned off, by all means. But otherwise, I find it hard to advocate turning off emergency alerts and the test alerts well okay I, I don't have a problem with that because if this is an emergency an emergency system they need to test it to make sure it works and i think i would like to get those again hopefully not at two in the morning you know so we we, we constantly preach about about uh testing your backups 
And okay, so sometimes you have to test the emergency stuff too. Yeah, absolutely. So it's a, like I said, it's a, the good thing is, uh, like we talked about with 5G a few minutes ago, it, it's your choice. You can you can turn it on, you can turn them off. So um, that article has a, it gives you the information on how to do that, uh, and that's in the show notes. Uh, so check that out. So um, I thought this would be kind of a fun thing to do is uh, both of us, of course, have the, the five top items that we talk about here on the show all the time, iPhone, iPad, Apple Watch, Apple TV, and HomePod. And I thought it'd be kind of fun to find out from you, Chuck, what, at least maybe one or two things that we can narrow it down because I, I didn't think we'd want to go too crazy with uh, each one of these devices that really stands out to you that really is, is probably the most uh, uh, most frequently used thing that you use on your particular device. And I want to talk, let's go ahead and just start off here with you, Chuck. What, what, what do you think the most popular thing that you use on your iPhone? Or, uh, I know it's hard to think that, so. Yeah, I mean, David, because when I looked at this, the only thing that I can say that I don't absolutely unconditionally use every day probably is the Apple TV. Okay. But every other one of those devices I use on a daily basis. Um, I think I would have to say, uh, well, to me it seems obvious that the iPhone probably is number one, followed closely by the Apple Watch. Um, and then the iPad is very close behind that. Mm -hmm. The HomePod, obviously, if well, we're all spending more time at home right now, you know, again. But, you know, the HomePod I can't use unless I'm home. So if I'm home, I'm probably using it uh, or for something. But uh, even if it's just to invoke the S-Lady. But, yeah, the others, you know, it's it's tough. Um, so, I mean, with the iPhone, what do you, what do you think uh, is the most frequently th the, the item that you probably use on a daily basis? I mean... I can tell you, I, I, I do brow I'm browsing all the time. I think I think a lot of us do that on on a uh, uh, whether it be Safari or any other browser that's on here. Um, yeah, I, I you know I might broaden that category out um, and say just as you said, information management because you know between between email, texts, um, I have uh, I have an RSS reader. Um, you know, those are probably the things that I use the most um you know with with a personal email account a work email account um i'm constantly trying to you know to keep up because of the information flood that's out there so where some other folks you know might go to the grocery store and stand in line and play a game i'll sit there and flip through my rss feed uh, mm. to, to see you know yeah. what i'm missing or what what's current um so yeah i if if in, if 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 you can let me not pick a specific app, but more a function, function yeah, you know, I, function. I, I think information management is first, and 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 that that to me is different than communication, um, because t text, phone calls, and you know sending emails would fall fall, fall under communication, but you know, if nothing else, the iPhone is just a great. Um, uh, triage device so that, you know, I can get rid of stuff I don't need to deal with right then or that I may never need to deal with and then, you know, boil down what I do need to deal with either on the phone, the iPad, or when I get back to my to my Mac. Okay. Um, what about the iPad? What, 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 what do you think you use your iPad for? Uh, for most, uh, for most, I mean, obviously, a lot of your when you're when you're traveling and doing a lot of video production, you use that use an iPad for that for uh, recording uh, the videos and such. But 
Yeah, but I'm finding that I'm using my iPad more and more as as in my in in what I will, would consider a productivity process. Mm-hmm. Um, it may not be, you know, we've we've been joking on Mac Voices Live about you know that I'm, I don't use it as a productivity device. I may not sit down and write the great American novel on my iPad, but I've you know I have it up. In, in fact, you can probably see. Um, you might be able to see it behind me. I'm not sure, depending on where yeah, where I'm it. sitting in relation to. It. Yeah, I think you can see it over my one shoulder. Mm-hmm. But it's always it's always right there, you know, as as as, a, as yet another screen for me to look something up, um, or to make an extra note. And I've started using um, Trello as you know another way to manage and prioritize and keep track of projects. And it's awfully nice to have a Trello board, you know, right up on the iPad beside me. So I kind of keep all my my projects, my projects that are in process right there in front of me and in 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 foremost in my mind so that, you know, if I'm not working on this, I should be working on that or I see what else I need to be doing. Um, so that's that's becoming, and and that's that may sound frivolous, but you know what? Hey, yeah. it, it's important to me. It, it works. Me too. I mean, I I use the iPad very similar to that, and it's 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 interesting. I, I and have you have you gone? Have you finally got your Apple Pencil? or Are you still not using it yet? I have my Apple Pencil, and I keep trying to use it, and yeah. I'm just not convinced that for me, not being someone that has. Um, a lot of artistic skills or, you know, the, if, frankly, I don't even do that much writing with pen and paper anymore. Mm-hmm. You know, everything, first of all, I don't have the greatest handwriting in the world. Um, so it's, <laughs> if, if I type, people can read it and that's important. But so much of the communication now is, you know, is over email or Slack or Teams or whatever. And the pencil just doesn't exactly fit into my workflow. So I've got it. I keep it charged. Once in a while, I will remember to use it, but it's not like the first thing that I think about. Maybe I've just spent too much time not using the Apple Pencil, and, and I'm, I'm trying to get a little better about using it, but yeah. I don't find that I really need to. I'm hoping with iOS 15, you know, with that new feature that's coming out with the iPad uh, for the quick notes, uh, may 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 change your mind a little bit. But uh, it may for me. Um, I don't have an Apple Pencil for my my older iPad that I have in beta, so I haven't really had a chance to play with it much because uh, that one requires the first gen pencil. I then just feel the need to have an expensive buying a pencil that I'm only going to play with once in a blue moon. So, um, but I'm hoping that that's going to become something that would make the device even more pr- pr- productive with using. Uh, the Apple Pencil for jotting down notes and, and such uh, quickly. I mean, yeah, you obviously you can go into um, note-taking apps and, and use that, but uh, I think it's uh, something that, even with the quick notes that, that, that could, could 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 come in handy at some point. I, I hope so. I mean, I'm anxious to I'm anxious to try it, but the, there are there are applications out there that you can basically go in now and whether you, whether you have it converted over to type or not, just you know, scribble it in like you would on a notepad. And I tried that for a while and it ended up like, okay, the the one benefit, and a very obvious benefit is that if I, if I take the note on my iPad uh, by handwriting, okay, I I find it harder to lose that particular piece of paper because it's, Mm -hmm. it's my iPad. But beyond that, there was not a lot of difference uh, for me than just having the iPad with the keyboard 
and you know being able to to, to rip in there and, and type it in real quick. So yeah, it's but there are no there are no right or wrong answers here. You know, it's, oh, it's right. what works for you, and that's, and that's what point I wanted to have our our little bit of a, of a discussion here about this because it's it, everybody's different how they want to do it. I was going to bring up yeah. the fact that I like to consume video. I there's a lot of times I don't want to sit in front of a TV. I may want to sit maybe at my desk or just have it sitting off to the side while I'm working on something or maybe wanted to listen to music or, 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 or maybe watch a video, you know, whether, whether it be on Apple TV plus or any other, the streaming services, uh, I, I find it, uh, it nice. I have, uh, I have the 11 inch uh, iPad. I believe you have the 12.9 one, right? Um, yes. so, so you would obviously be even more compelled to do it because it's a much larger screen, uh, not by much, but, I I've always enjoyed the 11 because of the size and and and, and the price is a little bit pricey for me. Uh, but uh, I've always had for the most part had the 11 inch um, uh, and I, I've, I've enjoyed it. So so that that's probably one of the some of the things that I do. Uh, you know, just just media consumption uh, and you know, we both just like listening to podcasts. I don't mind doing that on YouTube. You know, going on there and being able to listen to stuff and Netflix and so. I agree with you. A lot of the stuff that you just brought up with the iPad, I think, is something that, uh, in addition, I think it's it's something like like consuming, you know, media is 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 a nice thing on the iPad. I I agree with you completely. I mean, my my iPad is always loaded with something for me to watch. Yeah. If I do get stuck somewhere, you know, and and I need to kill some some extra time or just don't want to be constantly doing the productivity thing. Uh, you know, there's always something on there for me to watch, but I mean, because the screen is the screens are gorgeous. Yeah. It's convenient. You know, I think one of the biggest tricks is just learning, learning, remembering, maybe making it part of your workflow that you always have content loaded up. Um, you know, I, I've we were talking about the IMDb thing earlier. Yep. You know, I, I very seldom sit down with iPad or with TV and say, "Gee, let's see what's on." Yeah, you know, it just I, I'm I'm going to watch something, you know, that I have already decided I wanted to watch that. So it's now on my iPhone, my iPad, wherever. And that's what I'm choosing from, as opposed to just wandering around. I, I know um, a couple of people have said, you know, well, they I forget what the term is uh, for just wandering around Netflix and never being able to find anything that, you know, you, you <laughs> settle on and you end up killing the evening. It's like no, I, I I never I don't do that because no. I already know I have a list of things I want to see, and so that's where I go. Depending on what my mood is, one of those is bound to suit me. And then um, I'll tell you a good a good service I use a lot is you know, we just been talking about Comcast Xfinity. Xfinity Streams is an awesome app, and I, I actually applaud uh, them for what they've created. It, it it's had a long time coming here of, of its growth because um, I have the X1 technology, being able to watch you know shows and such at, at at home on my TV. But they have a great streaming service that that just kind of allows me to just go to an iPad or an iPhone for that matter. But I have the twelve. We both have the twelve Pro Max, so even watching, I want to watch the news, or if I want to watch something that, that I recorded. Uh, through my, my DVR, um, it's a nice option to be able to watch that stuff as well. And and if I want to grab something alive, I can go on and listen and watch it, not have to go sit in front of a TV. Or there might be a room you want to sit in and you don't want to be in front of a TV. The, the, the nice thing of having an iPad is you can you can do that. Um, and I, I think that's a another example of a great service for, for video consumption. Agreed, agreed. And because the iPad is right there in front of you, mm-hmm. I, you know, somebody that's a lot better at math than I am could tell you, you know, what 
what that's the equivalent of screen size. But right. it's, it's a lot cheaper to buy an iPad and have it right there in front of you and have that experience than to sit across the room in front of a giant TV. Yeah, 65 um, or 70 inch or 90 inch for that matter TV. So Yeah, you know, <laughs> yeah, I mean, what, what percentage of my field of vision is this iPad taking up here in front of me versus that TV over there? And with the new ones with the M1 processor and you've got the XDR display and then uh, it's just so more immersed. Uh, with 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 uh, the screen more so than ever, uh, all the all the years I've owned an iPad, you know, I think this M1 I've had, you you're getting the XDR where I'm not, but I I still find it to just be a, just a very pleasant experience with the watching video. So, yeah, agreed. So that that was good good debate on the iPad here. Uh, Apple Watch. I know you had a bit of a. Uh, a story that you had a challenge where you had to take your watch off. Uh, we won't go into why, but uh, uh, but it, it, I, I think it really kind of proved to you, right, that it was it was an important part of your life of having the watch on, right? I mean, that's really what you found. Yeah. Well, I don't mind saying, and, and just to make sure people don't understand that there was a good reason, and that was that I had poison ivy okay. um, down where your watch lives on, on either wrist. So I was not able to wear it for about two weeks. Yeah. And, yeah, it, I, it, it, that's why when you were asking me to prioritize these, it's like, uh, you know, I don't know, because I discovered that the Apple Watch, I, refer, I used and referred to the Apple Watch a lot more than I really knew I did until mm -hmm. I couldn't do it anymore, until I didn't have it with me. And so it made me appreciate that a lot more. And it, it made me think, you know, that might be in second place behind the iPhone. I, I'd really have to try to quantify it. So, yeah, I, I've, that's it. It's, these are such great devices, and they've become integrated in my life. Um, and, you know, if you spent the money, I would encourage you to, to learn more about what they can do for you. Because I think, yeah. you know, you, you should. I mean, it'll make your life better or easier. And you've already made the investment. Was there any apps or anything on an Apple Watch that stuck out to you that, uh, that that you missed the most? Yeah, the big thing was text notifications. Mm -hmm. I mean, I missed a text notification from you, and I <laughs> found it like two two days later. It's yeah, like, yeah. Well, how did I miss this? Well, I realized that you know normally I would get a little vibration on my wrist and know that you or anybody had texted me, and yeah. I was not getting those. And and I'm not one. Um, that walks around, you know, with the phone in my hand. So if if I didn't have that and I didn't have those notifications, I was missing things. Yeah, um, I uh, I think I, one thing I do like having a lot is when I set my iPhone down, I can't remember where the heck I put it, and being able to do the iPhone notification that I'm sure lots of us out there are using that. It just like early this morning. It's you know it's, it's early morning. I just woke up. I'm getting ready for work and. So what did, I, what did I do with my iPhone? I'm going crazy, and then I, you know, just swipe up and you know, press the press the button to, to notify you know, where where it is, and of course it's sitting on my desk, right where I'm there, because I forget where I set the darn thing down. So, um, but they have some just some just great things in here. I mean, including the flashlight. You know, I mean, we've talked about this. The, the flashlight is actually pretty impressive because you know I've done I've done that a lot of times, and I'm ready to go to bed. I'm walking in the dark and head, heading to my bedroom and instead of me turning the flashlight on from the from the iphone you know i just turn this on and it is really bright and i don't know how much of you've used it but i, I mean i that's a, that's a pretty cool thing that they've added uh to the apple watch i i, I agree and you know somebody's going to say okay i'm going to spend all this money for you know text notifications and a flashlight no you're missing the point you know the, the point is that this is a device that you have with you 
all the time are, you know, depending on whether you wear it to bed or not. Um, but you have it with you all the time. And so there are all those opportunities for it to do things for you or to make your life just a little better. Um, so, you know, it's, it's not just, uh, you know, that's it. You, you start trying to say one or two things and I feel like you're, you're discounting all the others. It's the yeah. whole package that makes it worth it. Absolutely. So, so far, we've got three devices. We love all three of them, and I think it'll always continue to be that way. I don't think I'd ever want to be without those top three we've just talked about. Um, I, I, I kind of agree with you with the Apple TV. Uh, I don't. And in fact, I know you've had some discussions. You were on a previous show uh, talking about the Apple TV, and is it really isn't worth it anymore at this point? Because Apple has just really is not done real good, uh, done a good job of uh, marketing it and and pushing it to the fact that is it worth it because the Apple TV app is available pretty much everywhere at this point. So why wouldn't I not want to buy a $29 Roku uh, device to be able to watch the content on there, which is perfectly fine. Yes. I do like the interface on the Apple TV. Um, but you know, I, I've got this new, the new uh, remote that, uh, that they just came out with, with the new devices. I bought it, but I'm finding it getting, it's, it's taken me a time to get used to it because I was so used to having the, the, the old remote, which of course everybody was hated it. But uh, it, it it is a decent remote. I mean, and I, I'm I'm forcing myself to be that. You know, you always forget on the new remote to to the, to press it. You you actually have to, uh, uh, as far as doing the sound, uh, uh, doing like Siri and all that stuff. It's 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 on the side of the remote. You know, the uh, uh, the microphone. So if you want to, you know, because before you just had to just uh, tap the button on the, on the old remote and then talk into it. Well, you know, you got to remember it's on the side. But of course, I have a I have this rubber case on here that I bought too with a with an AirTag in it, so I don't lose my remote. But uh, uh, but uh, yeah, you know, I, it takes a little getting used to with this remote. Um, but we have so many other d devices that we consume, you know, video that, that you kind of have to wonder what the cost. Uh, you know, we've spent. A fair amount of money on the Apple TV as it is. Um, is it something that's going to be worth it? I, I I think the interface is good. I'm 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 going to assume that you you'll feel the same as far as when you are using it. Yeah, and I I think that it's so easy to discount and start talking dollars and sort of lose sight of the fact that the experience is. And I, okay, I'm going to sound like an Apple fanboy. All right, just let's just we're, let's we both are, get that so out of the it's way. Okay. That's why we're but, here. <laughs> yeah. Well, yeah, I know, but I, I mean, I've, okay, I've got a Roku TV, I've got a Fire TV, um, and those are those are okay interfaces. But I find that the Apple TV and an interface, I think, is a lot to me is a lot friendlier. Um, are they, you know, are they making suggestions to you? Of course they are, you know, just like the others, but I just don't feel like there is as intrusive. Um, I, I just, I mean, I, I think it's, for me, it is all about the interface mm -hmm. because from a function standpoint, yeah, I can probably get everything else through, uh, th through a, a fire stick or the fire TV or, um, the Google stick, um, or the Roku, uh, in fact, in some, you might even argue that at times I can get more if if more is really what you want. But I just I like the Apple TV interface. And I do. You know, is it is it a little salty to pay for that just for the interface? Yeah. But it also depends, I think, on well, first of all, on who you are. Are you an Apple person or not? But more importantly, how much do you use your TV? And uh, oh, boy. This this too is dangerous. I, I, yeah, I'm not going to call any names, okay? 
But I, I know that for a while I had a video set up that was so convoluted that nobody could turn it on but me because I, you know, I knew, okay, it's, yeah. you know, this has to turn on that or, and, and turn this one on, turn that one on. Okay. Now we're ready to watch TV five minutes later. And I know I'm not alone in that. And, you know, yeah, I'm here. I'm not married. I'm single, so I can do that. <laughs> if I had anybody living here with me, the yeah, if I had somebody, <laughs> yep. If if I had somebody living with me, you know, they'd probably kill me. So <laughs> yeah. with with the Apple TV, you know, yeah, you set up, you fire it up, and now you've got that one interface, and it's pleasant to use. And I I, I don't I don't think that the inter the experience of the interface is being given enough credit. Yeah, I agree. I agree. So. Again, uh, and that's kind of why we don't really cover it when the, during beta too, because really, they do beta updates on the on the Apple the, the Apple TV, but there really isn't anything super exciting that they do with the interface. Uh, maybe some you know minor improvements, uh, but uh, uh, you know same that with too uh, with that as well. And then finally, just on just a quick wrap up, you know HomePod. You know, we you and I both have the the old HomePod, the the, the, the big HomePod, which of course was discontinued, and we also have HomePod Minis. Um, you know, briefly, I mean, do, are you finding it still uh, something that you enjoy? I've got it set up in a pair, and I, and and it's working so much better now with with uh, Mac uh, Mac OS Big Sur, um, and I'm able to play my everything through um, uh, through AirPlay. Um, so it's it's working a lot better. Uh, but uh, anything that really like maybe one thing that stands out that you that you do like about it. The, the fact that I I have several um, I have I've, I'll confess I have two uh, of, of regular size HomePods and then I have two Minis. Same thing. The, the, regu <laughs> the regular size are in a stereo pair in the living room. Mm -hmm. The Minis are spread throughout the house, and I love the fact that I can be listening to a podcast or music or yeah. or whatever I'm listening to, and if I'm sending it out through that system, I don't have to carry anything with me it it just it doesn't follow me of course yeah. it just is playing everywhere Absolutely. and 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 in in a quality that because the, the the scenario i'm describing is not one where i'm sitting down and you know saying oh i'm gonna you know i'm really going to absorb this <laughs> and really really you know right. it's it's casual it's more casual listening um, and again, you know, this—it sounds like we're both kind of spoiled here with with all the toys. But yeah, yeah it's it just it it means that I can get more out of whatever it is that I'm doing, and that to me kind of sums up why we love our Apple devices. Yep. Yeah, and that's why I want to kind of wrap that up uh, with the HomePod. I'm 100% in agreement with you as well. I did take uh, my two HomePod Minis uh, for the moment because I had to do some. Uh, stuff in my where my basement TV is with so all another story with having uh, a, a little bit of a problem with our floor and the flood in there but uh, I got it set up temporarily and I didn't want to reset up the home uh, home theater because uh, so I thought hey this might be a great opportunity to put two little home pod minis in place and at least have that have something for some good sound uh, down there and it actually turned out pretty good they they, they sound good they don't compare to the home pod, the full size home pods but uh, uh, yeah they, they, they work out really good so um, and uh, a couple of topics here before we uh, wrap things up here. I wanted to talk a little bit about um, um, the Apple One Bundle here. And, and uh, uh, OSX Daily had a good article, and, and I wanted, it, was, it was just a reminder to, to, about the fact that you actually can get up to four terabytes of storage uh, if you have uh, the Apple One Premiere. I'm not sure, Chuck, which, 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 do you have the, are you in the bundle as far as uh, all the Apple services? 
No, I'm not. I just, and honestly, I've been just negligent in doing it. It's something I need to do. Okay. Um, just to save the money, I, I'm. There's certain aspects of the bundles that aren't compelling to me, but right. at the end of the day, they would save me money. So I just need to kick myself and go do it. Yeah, it is worth it. And I gave in. I'm doing the the, the Apple One Premiere, twenty nine ninety five. I don't need you guys. I'll put it in the kind of show notes so you can go back and look at the other offerings. Um, but the other thing too is. Uh, you know, you you don't have a lot of family you want to share with, but I, I thought it would be a nice benefit to share it with um, with uh, my family members. So we got the fa- I have the family sharing plan on it, and they they get to have the, the benefit of having all those services which they weren't used to before. So it's kind of it's kind of a feel good and uh, to being able to share it. Um, and the nice thing about the the Apple One bundle um, with the Premiere, it comes with two terabytes of stores. But if you have a really big family and you really have a lot of uh, challenges uh, with uh, space, you actually can add an extra two terabytes, so making it the four terabytes of space. That's a lot of data. Now, that's going to add another nine ninety five, nine ninety nine a month of, of cost uh, on top of the, the $29.99 uh, nine you're going to be paying for the, the, the bundle. So, you know, think about it that way. Is it worth it? If you can really need all that space, and if everybody has got a lot of consumed uh, the space, space, obviously a lot of people taking photos and videos, and that's probably like the biggest culprit of space here. But uh, the article does does describe, and I and I'm going through this, just how to how to subscribe to the Apple One bundle. You go into the subscriptions and go in to get get the Apple One bundle, and then you can try it out. Um, and then uh, it, it gives you the plan. Show, and of course, you get Apple Music, Apple TV Plus. You get uh, arcades. You get two terabytes of storage. You get News Plus, and you get uh, Fitness Plus. Um, and you can trial it too if you'd like. Now, the way you go in to actually go and upgrade the iCloud storage plan to to, to stack it up with the two terabytes, you you go into the iCloud and then you manage storage. And then you can go in and change storage and then select two terabytes. And then you can confirm you want to buy that two terabyte uh, plan. So it's kind of a, a bit of a workaround. So you've got that two terabyte plan that you've purchased on top of the bundle. And then all of a sudden you will have four terabytes. So Apple hasn't changed it as of yet. And as it mentions this in the article as well. Uh, but uh, it's something that's, uh, if, for those of you who are looking for a lot of storage, uh, it's not a, not a bad idea. So, but uh, Go take a look at those bundles. I think they're worth it. You know, Chuck, you're overdue. You got to go grab that Premier bundle. <laughs> <laughs> yes, I do. And you know, if if you are balking just a little bit the price, um, I, I was trying to find it here, and it's it's not easy to find on their website. Maybe that'll tell you something. Yeah. Um, but go see what Dropbox stores uh, charges for two terabytes or four terabytes, and compare it. And the fact that with 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 iCloud. It is so integrated into all of your devices. Uh, Dropbox, not nearly as much. Right, exactly. So um, last thing I want to talk about uh, this week uh, is um, the fact of uh, the auto-filling of passwords using iCloud keychain versus using a password manager like uh, uh, 1Password. I don't know. I don't know about you, Chuck, but I do do use both 1Password and I also do uh, the the keychain of being able to store all your passwords in the Apple keychain gives you two places to actually store things. And uh, you have the option to use either one. So, um, and it's your choice. I mean, I actually have it set. So you actually can go, um, you actually can go uh, and um, uh, have both available and you could choose between them, between them. Do you, do you do something like that? Like I, I do, or do you only use uh, one password? 
No, I do exactly the same thing. Yeah. And and, and I, I need to standardize on that. But, uh, you know, I have passwords for different things stored different in either the, the, the keychain or in one password. So it's kind of necessary that you have to do that. It's not the, the best, most efficient practice, but, you know, there it is. Yeah. So um, the, the nice thing about it is if you go into settings, you go into passwords, and that's where all your autofill settings are. Um, and if you go into autofill passwords, there is a choice in there that uh, gives you options of where you can use uh, different different passwords. Now, the other unique thing, that I, and I forgot about this, I want, I want to make sure you I mentioned when you go into autofill, uh, you have iCloud Keychain, and I use 1Password as well as I you know you as well, do as well, but it also includes an authenticator app. I use Microsoft's authenticator app, and it's actually, I'm finding it to be a much better uh, app and using authenticator more than a lot of the ones that are out there. I use it for work, of course, but I'm, I've also been using it for other other uh, apps as well. So you, you can use that as auto filling. So if you want to be able to fill in the authenticator code that it gives you, you have the option there, which is pretty cool. Even Chrome has that option too, because I, mean, I don't know if I'd use Chrome. It's there; it's turned off. <laughs> uh, but uh, Chrome is in there as well. So, uh, but then you can go into one password. Of course, one password is such more, so much more robust when it comes to uh, the uh, the way the passwords are, um, are are in there as well and managing it. So, and I'm sure as you, you're a very big uh, one password uh, user, right? Yeah, yeah. I've I've been using one password for literally years. And I've I've never had cause to question the security or the the privacy aspects of it, and Them the either. functionality has been just terrific. Plus, and there are all those little extras. You know, you you can store things securely inside their vaults. Right. Um, that and and so, for example, I, you know, I'll take pictures of my credit cards and put them in the vault front and back so that I always have all those numbers, all the current information, should anything happen and I need to contact the company. Um, I can just you know, pop it open and feel pretty secure that if somebody were to steal my iPhone, first they've got to get into the iPhone itself, then they've got to get into 1Password. And that's not going to be something that's very, very easy to do at all. Absolutely. Absolutely. So check it out. We'll have links in the show notes about that. And uh, uh, I think it's... Uh, important to, to make your choices how, how you store passwords but you don't have to use both if you just want to use the apple keychain and i think a lot of people do that then you know more power to you it's absolutely secure people um, um, and apple keeps it uh, encrypted and it's on it backed up on iCloud so you won't lose it um as well as uh, you you back up i one password when you have that set up as well so but uh boy we had some great conversations today and the show has just uh, got got away from us so we're we're, we're at our close here we have uh, made it to our hour here so i want to go ahead and uh I uh, want to go ahead and wrap things up. Uh, and that is a wrap for this week. Please send your comments, questions, and suggestions to our email address, feedback at intouchwithios.com. You can find us on Twitter at InTouchWithIOS. Go to, to our YouTube page, which is at uh, youtube.com slash DaveG65. You can also subscribe in your favorite podcatcher, including Apple Podcasts and many others. But better yet, go to our website, InTouchWithIOS.com, where all the links to all the ways to listen to us are there. And I am Dave Ginsburg. You can find me on Twitter at DaveG65. And Chuck, as always, thanks for being here. Where can people find you? Hey, thank you, David. It's always a pleasure. 
macvoices.com is where you can find everything I put out. Pretty much everything is linked there. We do Mac Voices Live Tuesday nights, 5 p.m. Pacific, 8 p.m. Eastern on YouTube at Mac Voices TV. And on any of the socials, uh, you're welcome to agree or disagree with me at any given moment as at Chuck Joyner. Thanks so much, Chuck. Appreciate everybody listening. I hope you enjoyed the show and uh, we'll talk again soon. Bye.